Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. It's always good every time you show up here early in the year and, and see the crowd all excited. Live from the Hyatt Regency at the Arch St. Louis, it's the 24th Annual Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. It's, it's a great time here. Sponsored by Overhead Door Company of St. Louis, the genuine, the original. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. We are live at the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up in downtown St. Louis. Sports on a Sunday morning coming to you from the Hyatt Regency at the Arch. Tom Ackerman with you, and boy, do we have a Cardinals show for you. We're going to go four hours today of coverage. We're going to take you until 2 o'clock. Mike Claiborne will wrap up with the final hour from 1 to 2. I will be with you until 1 o'clock today, and do we have some guests lined up. We're going to talk to the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt. He'll be along with us. Cardinals broadcaster Rick Horton next hour. Kyle McClellan is going to stop by. We'll talk with him. The director of scouting for the Cardinals, Randy Flores, is going to be with us. Barry Weinberg, the former Cardinals trainer, will be sitting down with us to talk about his new book. And look, oh my gosh, I mean, if I'm going to start a show... This is who I want to start with. We have Cardinals reliever John Brebbia sitting down with us live. How are you? I am exactly how you want me to be. The more important question is, how in the world are you doing? I am doing great. Have you discovered any good coffee shops over the last few days at your caravan? Um, you know, so I went to the Lakota Coffee Company. So we had, unfortunately, we had a cancellation yesterday morning. Um, so that made it a little trickier. I'm sorry, two mornings ago. So that made it a little tricky to get out and get walking around. But uh, we stayed in Columbia. So I woke up one morning. Great town. And the, yes, and they have a Caldies out there. And Caldies was, was has been my spot here in, in St. Louis. So I threw Caldies into the uh, into the Google Maps and and got dropped off there. And I saw a bunch of places around. And one of them was a Lakota coffee, com- coffee company. And uh, so I popped in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Caldies. I, I love you, but I got to try new things sometimes. Um, and it was real good. It was really nice. Um, saw a lot, of, uh, a lot of academia in there, a lot of professors and some students. Um, so it was, it was a nice little atmosphere. You know, a lot of people studying for things that I don't understand. Yeah, I, there's a lot of knowledge going on in some of these coffee shops. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things going down. I, I, hate, I hate to bring it down when I walk in, but, yeah, usually there is. Uh, Columbia's great. I'm sure they were uh, uplifted by having you there. And you went to Jefferson City also, yep, our great yeah. state capital. Yeah, we were in Jeff City for a little bit. Uh, we got to eat dinner there, which was awesome. Um, and that yet, yeah, both of those cities have had great crowds. Uh, and we went to Hannibal, too. We finished up in Hannibal last night, and that was an awesome crowd. Um, as, as I'm sure a lot of people are saying, this time of the year is really when it when it feels like we're getting close. Um, so it's awesome to be able to go out and see all these people that show us show up for us, and all these people that are you know just as excited as we are for for the season to get going. Caravan's awesome. I wasn't on yours this year. We had fun last year together. Uh, this year I was in Memphis with Jack Flaherty. Drew oh some big crowds. <laughs> I heard rumors. Ooh, they like I heard Jack. rumors of Memphis being the tenth largest city in the U.S. for a few hours there. <laughs> they like Jack. Uh, we went. 
went, I'd say Jonesboro, the mall at Jonesboro, the mall at Turtle Creek, they said it was the most people they had ever had at a caravan. Uh, they estimated between twelve and 1,500. It was a wow. big crowd. And then we went to Dyer County High School last night, and one of the kids who went through, I had all the kids ask questions. Mm-hmm. One of the kids walks through, and he hands each of us a baseball card of himself that he signed, and on the back was a little message saying, you know, John, good luck this season. Awesome. Eli. I mean, that's what it's all about. That is exactly what it's about. And that, yeah, that's what you want to see. That's, that's, oh my gosh, that is so refreshing. I really like that. I need to meet this kid. I love the, I love seeing the kids watch you guys. You know, that we, I really think that that's the key to growing this game. If we want to keep this thing going, we got to get the, the younger generation on board. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 too bad because baseball can get a bad rap sometimes for being, you know, slow or boring or whatever these people are saying about it. And and I hate that because, you know, it it sets people up to if they go watch their first baseball game, their first impression is, "Oh, okay, well this is going to be slow and boring, so let's see if I like it." And you know, you're already off on the wrong foot. It's it's not. It's fast-paced, it's exciting, and I think you're exactly right. I think to have kids come out and and be in tuned with the game and to love the game is so important. You definitely have fun out there. No, make no mistake about it. You are in some high pressure situations as a reliever, and I know the pressure's on, and you feel it. But do you use that, the friendliness, the warm personality that you have, the fun of the game to kind of counteract that? Like, how do you walk into a, in a situation where you know you've got to, you might have to deliver a big out in front of forty-five thousand? Yeah, you know, there's if. If I'm not performing well, then I'm not playing baseball. And if I'm not playing baseball, it's I'm not having fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, the only way that I can enjoy myself out on the field is to perform and and be allowed on the team and, and to be allowed to play. So, there. Yeah, do I love being out there? Of course, but they're not going to put me out there if if I can't try and get a job done. So that first priority is. All right, this hitter. Let's get him out. Let's not let anyone score. Um, and you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But you try and outweigh the ones where it doesn't. Tyler Webb was on our caravan. He's a good dude. He is. He is. He's a lot of fun. He is a lot of fun to play with. He's a great guy to have in the bullpen. Really nice guy. Like, it, I mean, I'm I'm talking just on the bus and at dinner. Mm-hmm. Just an honest, thoughtful. You know, like he he knows the game too. I mean, big time. He does, and you can see him sitting in the bullpen. He he just has such a good eye for the sport, and we're 400 feet away. You know, we can hardly see. I can hardly see anything, but he he's able to pick up on hater swings and reading things like that. And him and Miller do a great job when when they sit next to each other, um, chatting about left-handed hitters and and whatever it may be. Um, It's it's fun to it's fun to see them kind of work through what they're thinking about and how they want their approach to be. And Webby also takes some excellent photographs. I don't know if you've seen some of those from the road trips. He does a great job with those. Wow, I didn't realize that. So mm-hmm. we had Taka on our trip, so it was like none of us even needed a phone. <laughs> Taka is just snapping pictures. He's he's for people who don't know is the manager of photography for the Cardinals. I mean, he is the guy. Yeah. So when you have Taka on the trip, we didn't have to do anything. Was, we just, yeah, he's we just retweeted whatever he did. Uh, you're not a social media guy, though, right? You're still not. Are, no, are you on any? No, I, I can't bring myself to do anything other than read email on the internet. <laughs> It's sad. <laughs> no, that's that, but that's you. You'd be you'd be really good. I mean, you're you're a great pitcher. You are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you'd be really good, I think, in in our business. Well, I appreciate. Do, are it. you comfortable doing that? Have you? Do you want to do more of that 
podcast broadcasting is that entered your mind you know i i haven't really thought about it that much i mean i love hanging out with you um i, I enjoy having our chats and and rocking and rolling like we do so i mean i'm certainly not uncomfortable doing anything like that but to be honest yeah i haven't thought about it too much well we are thinking about 2020 and just to kind of wrap up the cardinals what is the best asset of this team in your mind, and, and what does this team need to do to, to get to that next level? Man, that's a tricky question because I, I, you know, I can only pick one thing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I, I would say that the biggest asset is going to be the organization's depth, yeah, and you've true. seen it for several years. You, you can't look at a team, the major league team or any team in the minor leagues, that doesn't have major league talent on it. Um, and, and I think to to be a winning team and to have that talent shine through, you need to do those little things every day and create some consistency. There's a lot of talk about the base running and the defense and how good that was last year. I mean, it was that good. And and when you can do those things right, and then on top of doing little things right, you add all the talent that we have, you create kind of a monster, a bird monster, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a good-looking ball team. It really is. This ball club has a real shot at doing what it did last year and maybe more pitching-wise, defense, and then if that offense gets a little more consistency, it's going to be a lot of fun watching Mike Schilt's team. John Brebia is with us. We appreciate it. If you're in a Caldies, whether it's in the city or just outside the city or in another city, you never know. You may bump into this guy. Yep, yeah, he is that's a, right. <laughs> he is the coffee aficionado. Appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. John Brebbia with us on KMOX. We're live at the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Sports on a Sunday morning continues right after this. Now, back to the Hyatt Regency at the Arch St. Louis and the 24th Annual Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. Sponsored by Overhead Door Company of St. Louis. The genuine, the original. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning coming to you from baseball's best convention. It's the Cardinals winter warm-up. It is in downtown St. Louis. They do it every year, and they do it right. We're at the Hyatt Regency at the Arch, and we are with Cardinals Director of Scouting, Randy Flores. It is great to see you. Great to be back for another winter warm-up. Good to be here. Good morning as well. Well, what do you think so far about uh, everything that's happened with all the fans coming into town and everybody milling about? It starts to feel like we're getting it all back again. No, it really is. And look, I've, I've done it as a player, the, the caravan and the winter warm-up. I just got off of caravan, uh, Jefferson City, Columbia, and Hannibal. And, and as a player, um, you, en you enjoy it, but you enjoy it in a different way. Now, as a front office uh, executive, um, really getting a, a chance to appreciate the, the fans that are outside the 50, 60-mile radius of, of downtown St. Louis is something I didn't have an appreciation for entirely as a player. And so being able to visit those communities uh, and see their excitement uh, when it's 15, 20 degrees, windy and icy, and they're still out there supporting uh, the season uh, that's to come, um, it's, it's really impressive. I was on the Memphis, Jonesboro, Dyersburg caravan. We actually had the fortunate weather. We had some nice sunny skies yesterday. It was like 55 degrees. Come on. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, where are we? Yeah, well, you're a veteran. You, uh, you mapped that out. Got the good one, though. It was really great. And, you know, we had Jack Flaherty with us. Big crowds drawn. Tyler Webb, Justin Williams. I really like him. Uh-huh. Uh, we had Scott Terry and Bo Hart, a great group. Who was on your caravan over there? Uh, you know what? Danny Mack. Uh, oh, Brad right. Thompson was the alumni. Uh, we had Dylan Carlson, John Gant, Brebia. Oh. Uh, we also had, uh, who else did we have? Uh, that's, a, uh, that's about that's, it. That's a good group. Yeah. And, and you, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great group. Uh, you know, I had Brebbia and Gantt together 
on a caravan last year. And great guys. Again, a little more soft-spoken, but uh, he's a smart guy. He no, for the, sure. He it, knows the game. Great athlete. He does. And look, Brebbia gets all the pub for the, for the laughs. But I think if you get Gant around a little bit, he's a little bit more reserved. But he's got it in him. But Brebbia... Give him a microphone and an audience. He's a natural. He kind of needs his own talk show at some point. <laughs> yeah, good call. Actually, I think I think you have that ability too. I mean, you you have you you seem very comfortable behind the mic or or in front of a camera. Well, well, I think it comes with time. Like anything, it, it's reps. I I think, and so the, the more you do it, the more you're comfortable with it. And uh, I'll tell you this: what I'm impressed with him is he's comfortable in front of the microphone or the camera now as a player. Um, me as a player, I was not. I, I was just very, very. Uh, I had a, a much a higher wall up. I was uh, much more resistant to to be my natural self, uh, probably because in my mind I wasn't very good, and I, I wanted to. I wanted to make sure that I was not uh, overly enthusiastic uh, on the radio, and then uh, blow a game that night uh, on on live TV and in front of St. Louis uh, great fans. And so, I, what I appreciate about him is he really enjoys this experience and has allowed himself to be himself. Uh, both in front and away from the camera. That's interesting that you said that. I, I find that to be very true being around players. you got to be, I mean, you're speaking publicly, so what you yep. say is on the record, and that there should be an understanding of that, that interviews with players sometimes, you got to give them that respect and space sometimes before and after the game, especially after a game yep. when you're playing something of that magnitude with that much pressure. Look, and I, I thought it just pertained to guys like me who were borderline big leaguers, but I've also heard experienced guys. You know, you hear Matt Holliday say, look, I wish I could joke around more, but I yeah. got to perform tonight because there's a, there, there's, there's a pride internally that knows that actually what matters is not whether you are, 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 are funny or have a sarcastic wit uh, on a podcast or radio or TV. What matters is producing for our fans and for this team. And so it's some guys are able to blend those two faces, the public and private face, better. Uh, others really have to kind of separate themselves so that they can maintain their sanity and perform and, and be resistant to uh, the, 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 the mental struggles that, that happen when you're not performing at a level you think you should. How do you evaluate that in your scouting when you're looking for players that fit this organization in terms of personality and their makeup? Yeah, good. So I think just at, at a basic sense, what we do is try to canvas what is available out there publicly. Uh, we try to audit uh, and read as much as we can of their social media um, persona. What, what, what type are they representing? Uh, you ask people in their network in the community. We ask our area scout to dive deep into that. And, and again, you're only getting glimpses, but it is at least something uh, towards trying to glean what's inside them. Dylan Carlson is a tremendous talent, and my first chance to see him was in spring training last year, and all I saw was hits and mm -hmm. big-time hits mm -hmm. and a lot of great plays in the field, too. He, he has the tools, doesn't he? He does. You know, and he was our 2016 draft. It was my first year scouting director, and you know what? He was, he was at the time, um, he was on the radar of, of, of the industry, uh, but probably not at the level that people uh, assumed we would take him there uh, where we did. So it really, really is fun as a staff, uh, particularly in Dylan's case, to see his, his physicality kind of catch up to what we thought it could be, what we projected it could be, and then to match uh, his baseball intellect and IQ. You know, talking to a lot of players, they say that the Cardinals, what they do maybe a little bit differently than other teams is they teach the same way all the way through the organization, and what they teach is how to win. That's a really important thing, I'm sure, that, that is that is pushed out there. Yeah, and look, it, it's a fine balance, right? Because if you if you overdo that, you can run into some dangerous scenarios where you aren't 
allowing players to develop or to make mistakes. Uh, but Gary LaRock just does a tremendous job, our farm director, a tremendous job of, of towing that line of balance of development and winning. And whereas other orgs only, I, at least I hear, only talk about development, um, and then players can have a tendency to be shocked when they're now playing in a three-deck stadium uh, with standings that matter, uh, that, wait, wait, I I'm, thought I'm just developing. Uh, now I have pressure. Now I have to win. I have to perform. And if I don't, I get sent back down. Um, I, I think that here... Um, you are told that winning is part of development. You have uh, the scouting is extensive both here in high school, college, and then internationally. Mm -hmm. It has really been uh, quite the effort by the Cardinals. And here again, we uh, land, uh, see you land somebody from the Korean baseball organization. Yep. And, you know, uh, KK is a, a special talent from what I can see. Again, I want to see him in spring training, but watching him on YouTube and some videos. Yeah, no, but look, well, I think it just speaks to what, what we're trying to do and what, uh, what Mo has tried to do is, is to be open to all buckets of talent. Mm -hmm. And so where certain teams are, are, are known for just being heavily invested in international or, or heavily invested in a certain profile in the draft or heavily uh, analytics in college or or, 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 or they are only in Cuba, let's just say. You know, we, we, we've shopped in a lot of different buckets, and KK provides a versatility that I think they're just really excited to see. It's exciting to see the Cardinals moving forward in that area. This has been uh, a great phase in your career, hasn't it? I, would, I, I was always curious, what, when did that change for you from becoming uh, retiring as a player yep. and then moving into scouting? How did that happen? Yeah, so it was not something that I mapped out with any great intentionality. There, there was no master plan. Uh, what I did know is that I wanted to remain involved in sports, uh, but I also knew that in order to do that, I wanted to further my education. And so step one for me uh, when I got done playing uh, was to enroll in graduate school at University of Southern California, my alma mater. And while I was there, I was interning and working in the athletic department during the day, and then I was going to graduate school at night. And, and while doing that, um, I had reached out to several people in the industry who I respected um, for advice and as a sounding board. Um, as I had not been in the, quote, real world for 15 years. One of those people was John Moselock. Uh, he went so far as to write a letter of recommendation to me for grad school. And uh, I, I, over the, the course of three years, uh, was updating him on what that meant, what life was bringing. Uh, that journey led to assistant coaching. It led to media work with ESPN and Pac-12 Networks. It ultimately led to me starting a business um, that captured video of in-game contests of hard-to-capture places uh, that, that kind of mirrored the video experience that I had access to in the major leagues. The Cardinals, amongst others, became clients. Um, and at some point, uh, one of the, the catch-up conversations with Mo turned into a question that said, "Have you? Uh, I think I'd like you to consider applying for a position that we have open. And that, that was the scouting director position. Wow. Great. That's a great story. Yeah. I like that. And now you're in an organization that you used to play for, pitch for. And finally, just to circle back to these fans, there's no fan base quite like them. No. They, they really, they know the game. They press you all to do something yes. special because they demand it. They Look, want it. We, they we, have high standards. We were on the caravan, and the very first question wasn't, the, the national hot-button questions, you know, when you have the Q&A. The very first question from a fan of a packed place in, uh, in Jefferson City was, tell us about KK. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's how diehard our fans are. That's how much that they, they, they know this team and they know baseball. And, you know, I say this all the time, that, that by, by luck uh, or whatever you want to call it, uh, I was lucky enough to play for the Cardinals. You know, there's 29 other teams out there, but the history here, 
means that just by playing for them, you're immediately tethered to the greatness of this org and those who came before. Stan the Man Musial, uh, Gibson, on and on, all the Hall of Famers, Lou Brock, I mean, just pillars of this game. And to be able to wear that same uniform uh, as a player and now to have a, a chance to impact this org in the front office is something that uh, I pinch myself about. Great to talk to you. Always enjoy this. And we'll see you tonight, Baseball Writers Dinner, and all the great things today here at the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up. Outstanding. Thank you. Cardinals Director of Scouting Randy Flores with us. We'll be right back on KMOX. Now, back to the Hyatt Regency at the Arch St. Louis and the 24th Annual Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. Sponsored by Overhead Door Company of St. Louis. The genuine, the original. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning coming to you from the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up. Tom Ackerman with you. Our producers are Ben Boyd and Mike Anderson. And James O'Sullivan is back in our studio. Another KMOXer is with us, and that's Kyle McClellan. Uh, man, here we go. Another season is upon us. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good to be back. Good to be with you. We'll call some games down in Jupiter at spring training. Always fun to have you in the booth. Yep. We are uh, actually we'll be heading down tomorrow morning. We're driving down and... Uh, Get ready for fantasy camp first, then we have a trip to Haiti with our with our foundation, and then uh, then it's baseball time. How are things going with the foundation? Good, very good. We uh, we actually have a booth here at the at the winter warm up. If uh, fans are coming down, go by there and check out t shirts, coffee. Our coffee's doing really well. Um, you know, we we bought uh, some some coffee from Haiti and brought it back. Caldies has been helping us with it, and all the money we make is going back to our school program. So it's helping send kids to school. In Haiti, it's been uh, it's been great. We, we've had a lot of success. We're actually getting ready for our next big order, so uh, we're going to continue to do it. Now I feel guilty yeah, that, because that's, it's dirty I'm, dirty water. We don't need to name the name, but it's dirty water in there. <laughs> Drinking a coffee that's not braced that's for right. impact. Yeah, uh, no, it's really what you do for not only Haiti but for St. Louis and North St. Louis in particular is very special. You found a way to help home and to help somewhere in the world that's very impactful. Yeah, and that was important to us. My, my wife and I wanted it, actually, to be honest, we wanted to start here in St. Louis. Uh, it just took us a while to find where, where we wanted to be and where we needed to be. And uh, we needed to learn a lot of lessons. And, and going to Haiti first really opened my eyes and taught me a lot of things there that we could bring back here to St. Louis and make sure we were successful. And, and uh, you know, to me, it's important. It's, it's important to have that local uh, connection and, and uh, be able to help here. But it's also important internationally. And and on those trips and, and the people I've met over there has really helped me understand that. Um, and, and uh, you know, we, we have an obligation to use our platform to help people. It doesn't say people uh, close or far. It just says people. And, uh, and for my wife and I, it's important to help as many people as we can. And you've used the platform as a former baseball player. I know that means a lot to you to be a former Cardinal in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I just got off the caravan and, you know, with Bernard Gilkey. And, and uh, it's ironic that, you know, the two of us grew up here in St. Louis and, you know, watching the Cardinals. And, and uh, it really is unique. And, and you could tell the, the, the players that were on the caravan were like, man, you, you grew up in St. Louis and got to play there. And, you know, to have five years here and to win a World Series here is you can't beat it. What do you think about this club? I like it. I, I like where they're at. I, I still think there's a couple of question marks, you know, that, uh, that but there's still some time to see what's going to happen. Obviously, there, there's, uh, you know, some trade rumors out there. There's still some free agents out there. But I, I think um, you, you got some young players that it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. I think Lane Thomas, uh, to, to give him more exposure and see what he can do. You talk to the people inside the organization that know this guy and have seen him, and they, they, this guy can play. This guy can do it. Uh, just a matter of if he's going to get an opportunity to to take hold of it. You got Tyler O'Neill. You got you know there, there's a there's a lot of questions I would say, 
but a lot of intrigue because you got some young talent. A lot. A lot of outfielders. Even with Jose Martinez and Randy Rosarena being traded. Yeah, and then you get back. By the way, and Matthew and Adolis Garcia. Matthew Libertor was on my caravan. Great kid. Um, really, really neat kid. And, man, they, you just don't get young, especially from the left side, in trade deals very often. I mean, and you think about it, you traded from an area of – uh, strength. I mean, my goodness, they had so many outfielders. What are we going to do? Well, we, if we can trade a couple of them and get a, a guy that's going to come in and be our number one prospect in our minor league system from the left side, those mid-90s, you know, he's got a ways to go. He was only an A-ball last year, but they don't give those up very often. So I think that was a great haul for the Cardinals. And if more than a few people asked me about Nolan Arenado while we were on the Memphis yeah, caravan, I know here. that came up a ton <laughs> here. And I basically said, look, I, you know, the Cardinals aren't going to talk about him because he plays for another team, but just in general, a trade of that magnitude is complicated. Yeah. It has to do with a player's contract also. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Absolutely. And look, would he look great here? Yeah, he'd, every team would love to have him, but you got to weigh what you're going to give up you know, and the time that you're going to have possession of him. Uh, will he waive that? Will he you know, give up his option to, to opt out of his contract? You know, there's a lot of questions that go in that, and you have to evaluate, does it make sense? Um, I think the Cardinals are ready to win now, so you add a piece like that, you know, for a year or two, that's great. But John Mozeliak does a great job of it's not just about now, but it's also about the future. And the Cardinals have, have really never had a rebuilding year in the last decade. They're always there and competing, and every year they go into spring, they expect to win, and that's because they always still have the prospects, but they do go make those moves when they need to and, and fill that gap. Another question that came up was about sign-stealing, and, and I said, look, you know, there's sign stealing and there's cheating. Mm -hmm. And Major League Baseball, it's pretty simple. Major League Baseball has basically said, you cheat and you're risking your entire career by slamming it down on these managers and on, in one case, a general manager. Yeah, and we'll see where if it trickles down on the player side. And if, if this uh, buzzer thing is found out to be real, I would think you're going to see some bans yeah. on the player side. Um Look, you, does, is our players out there trying to steal signs from second base? 100%. I mean, they're, they're looking in. You're constantly changing signs up. That's part of the game. That's that's the, the there's that's acceptable because you're you're using what's available to you. You're using your mind. You're using your eyes. You know, if, if you're if you're not going to put multiple signs on and use the same sign, that's your own fault. Now you bring in technology and you bring in a whole. I mean, that that system, by the way, to set that up, that's a. That's an ordeal. I mean, that's not like, hey, let's just take this. They had to set up the camera. There's a lot of people that are in on that to orchestrate that. That is not acceptable. There's no place in that for the game. Um, and then if you're given signs from that, I mean, that's just that's ridiculous. And it's not fair to the guy on the mound that's trying to provide for his family and his team and his city. Um, you know, and, and it, it's just there's no place for it. And I'm glad they came down harsh on him and, and they set a tone of this isn't acceptable. Yeah, getting an advantage is part of the game. But integrity yeah. is a big part. Of, integrity is the game, actually. In, in many ways, baseball is a very special game. Uh, Kyle McClellan, just a couple things left. If you look at Adam Wainwright in 2020, what is the best case scenario for him? Well, I think if he can, you know, repeat what he did last year, one, stay healthy is the biggest thing for him. And, uh, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to go out and compete. I mean, he's shown that. He, his, his willingness to adapt uh, throughout his career has been impressive to know that. You know, I got to change things up a little bit. I got to do things a little bit differently than I did five years ago, and um, and that's that's been that's been impressive to watch because that's not easy to do. When you're caught up in the moment, it's hard to to see it in real time and understand it and be willing to because you've done this for a long time and it's worked. So that one, stay healthy, 
and and past that it's going to take care of itself if he's healthy but uh, great year last year i thought it was one of the best years he's had since his achilles injury and uh, look forward to seeing what he can do this year have a great day today have fun with the fans and have fun down at fantasy camp all right thanks tom i'll Appreciate try not to get hurt <laughs> kyle mcclellan <laughs> with us on kmox we'll be back right after this now, back to the Hyatt Regency at the Arch St. Louis and the 24th Annual Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. Sponsored by Overhead Door Company of St. Louis. The genuine, the original. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Jump hot back at the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up, and we continue with our guest list here. And Cardinals team historian Brian Finch is with me now. And Brian, what a, first of all, what a... What a cool time. I, 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 it's hard to explain to people that, listen, in the middle of January, it's going to be 20 degrees, and there's going to be throngs of Cardinals fans jamming into a hotel ballroom to talk about Cardinals baseball. Yeah, I love the winter warm-up. It's a fantastic time every year to really get ready for the season. You know, spring training is right around the corner, but um, frankly, I, I'm not involved with spring training. I don't get to go down to... Florida to, to be involved with that. We've got so much going on here at the ballpark to get ready for the season, but um, what a great opportunity for fans here in St. Louis to get ready for Cardinals baseball. And as far as I know, this is one of the longest running, uh, maybe not the longest, but one of the longest running fan fests across the league. And even for the other teams that do fan fest, and there are a lot of other great teams out there, um, they're, they're typically kind of a one-day affair. For this to be a three-day Weekend. It's Martin Luther King weekend every year in January, and it's just a lot of fun to get together. Uh, and, and I know we're kind of, you know, packed into the hotel together, but that's part of the excitement of it. You know, there's there's a, a spirit, you know, a sense of revelry, and and um, it's just enjoyable. I, I think you're exactly right. That is that is a great way to put it here. Um, you know full well the the kind of. Um, enthusiasm, the kind of passion this Cardinal fan base has. Um, but one of the things I know that, that we want to talk about with you is that right now, uh, I'm sure that stadium tours are probably done most of the year, right? Yes. We, we offer Bush Stadium tours year-round. And again, talking about other teams, plenty of other teams offer tours at their ballpark. Most of them are just throughout their baseball seasons, particularly those climates that are more the weather conducive. Right. But here in St. Louis, we offer tours of Bush Stadium throughout the calendar year. Okay. But with the winter warm-up weekend, where it's you know, a little bit more fun to come take a tour of the three days of the winter warm-up weekend is that it's the only time during the year, the three days of the year, that we include the Cardinals locker room as part of a Bush Stadium tour experience. So for the same price that a regular tour ticket costs, you get to go see the Cardinals locker room. Yeah, I think that is totally cool because that is what, I'm sure that's what people are just clamoring to see. Like, oh, I want to see where Yadier Molina sits. Where, do, where does Colton Wong's, you know, locker, that kind of thing. That, so that, that's totally cool. Absolutely. So you get that great tour experience. And, of course, with all of our tours, we take people's pictures, you know, as part of our photo opportunity on there. But now we take your picture in the locker room. Uh, you get a great professional uh, picture that you have the opportunity to purchase. And uh, it's just a great experience. Of course, your tour ticket includes admission or access to the Cardinals Museum, so you can take advantage of that. It's a ballpark village right across the street from Bush Stadium. And uh, we've got one of the largest um, team, you know, sports museums in all of, uh, you know, North American pro sports. So come take advantage of that Cardinals history while you're downtown with the winter warm-up. You don't have to have a winter warm-up ticket to take advantage of this. If you're not down here for the winter warm-up, but you just want something to do over the weekend, kids are out of school or whatever, um, come on down. Take a tour. Go see the Cardinals locker room. Have some fun with us. Best way to book that. 
they can get online at cardinals.com slash tours or just come straight down to the ballpark and we can take care of you here. It's at Gate 3, the large Sam Usual statues where the tours start. Tours begin every hour on the hour from 10 a.m. through 3 p.m. daily, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday uh, of Martin Luther King weekend, you know, right now. Brian Finch with us here as we continue our coverage from Cardinals winter warm-up here at the Hyatt Regency at the Arch downtown and uh, all kinds of stuff going on. You mentioned the Cardinals Museum and, uh, you know, what a great spot for not just Cardinals fans. I know that, you know, there are folks out there that, that like the history of baseball and the history of, of your favorite team or your or whatever. There are so many cool things to see and do in this museum. It's 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 mind-boggling almost under what what is contained in that museum. And I know there's there's probably tons more that's not on display. Absolutely. The Cardinals have the largest privately held single team focus collection of baseball memorabilia in the world. So we have over 22,000 items related to the history of the Cardinals or the history of baseball in St. Louis. It's really remarkable. And at any given time, we've got about a 1,000 of these items on display. So we're always rotating right. things and trying to put different things on. Um, currently, we have a special exhibit called Pain, Protection, and Performance, the Evolution of Baseball Equipment, presented by Rawlings. And it's really fascinating to show the history of how gloves have evolved over the years, um, or cleats, or baseball bats. You can try on a Yadier Molina a professional model glove, or a Bill Doak model glove from the 1920s to see the difference. Um, and Bill Doak was a pitcher for the Cardinals that created the first glove to have an adjustable webbed pocket. We have Bill Doak to think for the great defensive plays we see on the field That's today, right. right? Right, right, right. For stuff that if you've ever put on a glove, stuff we all take for granted. It's just part of the glove, right? Well, not always. That's right. And now it's funny. I, I get, get a lot of comments about this pain, protection, and performance. Yes, most equipment in the game of baseball starts changing because of pain. Did you know in the very earliest years of baseball in the late 1800s, players didn't wear gloves. And at some point, some players thought, you know. You catch a line drive with your bare hands. It, it hurts. Some pain involved. Maybe we should change this, right? And so then it goes to protection. And so the first gloves look like glorified oven mitts. And it's like, yes, let's let's bake some cookies and play some ball, right? You know, maybe it wasn't quite like that. But they looked like that. It wasn't until the late 1950s um, that players started catching the ball one-handed because the glove of Evolved to the point where they could start snaring or trapping glove, or balls one-handed, and that's where the evolution of defensive play came in. I mean, it's really remarkable. That's totally cool. Yeah, that yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, so you can learn a lot about those things. And then it's not just seeing stuff behind glass. You can uh, try the broadcast booth where you can choose one of six great calls in Cardinals history. You hear the original call. You get a shot to make that call yourself, and then you'll play it back, you know, with the crowd noise behind and things like that. You can uh, hold a game-used bat from a Cardinals great, whether it's Sam Musial all the way to Yadier Molina. You can try on a world championship ring. There's a lot of interactive things to do with the museum. So it's not just seeing, you know, old old jerseys and right. bats behind glass. I mean, there's some interactive stuff to do as well. It's a lot of fun to come visit. That's fantastic. Now, we, we introduced you as team historian, so I know that you have a – um, a rich history and knowledge of this team, and, I, and I'm sure that as you talk to fans and visit with all of Cardinal Nation, probably one of their favorite players, I imagine, is Ted Simmons. Yes. Who this, you know, what was it, a couple of months ago now, was introduced as going into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. How cool is that that we've got yet another 
Cardinal player going into the National Baseball Hall of Fame? I could not be more excited for for Ted. Uh, it's been such a pleasure in my role to, you know, get to know Ted a little bit over the past few years and work with him. Um, he, he couldn't be a nicer gentleman. And what's so interesting to me about Ted, it was he was this ferocious competitor on the field. We've got these pictures of him not just tagging out players at the plate, but in some sense mauling them. I right. mean, it's, it's really remarkable. And, and then when you talk to him, he's so cerebral in his approach. And, and I've talked to Ted and said, Ted, you know, I see this, this picture of you and, you know, and you're, you know, punching a player. You're doing this, you're right. doing that. And, and you had this, you know, such aggressive swing and, and stance and, you know, ripping line drives and, Da, 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 da. And then, you know, Herbosky's doing this thing on the mound, and you literally punched Bill Madlock, you know, with, with the Cubs. And, and, and Ted, you know, what's your response? And he's like, well, well, Brian, I had to stand up for my pitcher. Okay. All right. You know, <laughs> you know, and, and, and he's just so even killed about it when you talk to him about it. But what a competitor on the field. Definitely overlooked. Um, I actually gave a presentation this morning about Ted and his Hall of Fame career, and we don't want to get into the why he wasn't um but but what was he you know and and for a 10-year period in his career he, he appeared in over 100 games and at some point over 120 games um you know six all-star nods and you know eight years there and at some point you know you kind of look at well yeah how, how did this happen how did he get overlooked and the best thing I can look at from a historical perspective is, well, you know, he didn't just play at the same time as Johnny Bench, who is probably the greatest catcher of all time, but he played in the same division when the Reds were having the greatest period of sustained success in Reds history with the Big Red Machine. And you can't overlook that. The other key point is when Ted came up on the ballot, which was right at 94, 95, um, the writers, you know, Ted ended up being a one and done, which is, you know, you just can't say enough about right. that. Like, how in the world did that happen? Right. But the biggest thing, and I've done a lot of looking at this, that, you know, Bench was being looked at. Um, Gary Carter was, you know, really finishing up a, another great career. Carlton Fisk, same time. So you've got these writers looking at three great catchers there. And we can debate whether Simmons was better or worse than Fisk or Simmons. Or, I'm sorry, Fisk or Carter. But... The point remains, he's in the company, and at the same time, Piazza had just come up and really changed what writers were right. thinking about as, oh, wow, this guy just crushed, you know, what was it, 30 home runs or right, right. around there. And Yvonne Rodriguez was totally making writers think about what an amazing catcher was. Well, now we have the benefit of those younger players' careers being finished as well. And Ted still ranks, but it was an overloaded, you know, it was a whatever, an overwhelming or loaded up ballot right around there in 94. And the writers just didn't have the benefit of hindsight that we do now. And, and Ted was the, you know, the odd man out, right? Yeah. And with advanced analytics, we also see with Ted playing so many games in the heat in St. Louis, um, he played more games for that period of time, that eight or ten year run, than, you know, Bench, Fisk, and Carter were doing in the same years and still putting up pretty close numbers. Right. And so now when, when writers looked at that, they're like, oh, wait, 
He was still batting over 300 pretty consistently. He was still being named to all-star teams that bench was as well. Um, and he didn't have the bats around him that these other players did on their teams. Yeah, we 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 need to get this. Yeah, we got to go back and get this. So, yeah, so like I said, couldn't be more excited. And um, it was pretty special when Ted was inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame in 2015. And uh, we all thought locally, hey, maybe this is a sign of things to come. And uh, took a, maybe a couple more years longer than we had hoped. But um, what a great year this year. And it's going to be a great celebration in July in Cooperstown. Fans don't realize probably that during the summer when, when we're doing the pregame and, and specifically a lot of when I'm doing the weekend, when, when they're hearing from some of those old Cardinals, it's, it's a lot because of what you do and you bring them down and help us out. So appreciate the help all season. Look forward to it again this season. And thanks for taking some time today. Hey, my pleasure. Uh, fans, come visit us at the museum. Come take a tour this weekend or anytime. You can always find out more uh, cardinalsnation.com or just go to cardinals.com and click the links there to find out more about tours of the museum. Always a pleasure to be on with our partners at KMOX. Appreciate it. That's Brian Finch, the Cardinals team historian, and our Cardinals coverage continues here on KMOX. All right, Joe, thank you very much, and thank you, Brian Finch. Tom Ackerman with you in our location just off to the right. It's Jack Flaherty signing for the fans here at the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up. The Cardinals ace just came off the Cardinals caravan with him, and we drew huge crowds. In fact, down in Jonesboro, Arkansas, at the mall at Turtle Creek, they told us biggest crowd they've ever had for the caravan. They estimated between 1,200 and 1,500 people packed into the food court to go see the St. Louis Cardinals and Jack Flaherty. We also had with us Tyler Webb and Justin Williams, Bo Hart and Scott Terry. Tonight is the Baseball Writers Dinner at the St. Louis Marriott Grand. Huge night. We're going to have Mike Schilt receiving his NL Manager of the Year Award and be honored in front of the crowd there. He's going to join us next hour to talk about that and more. Cardinals Manager Mike Schilt will be with us at 11.30. At 11.15 next hour, Cardinals broadcaster Rick Horton, then Mike Schilt, and then at 11.45, dropping by to visit with us is Blues CEO Chris Zimmerman. After this weekend comes to an end with the Cardinals, huge week coming up for the St. Louis Blues with the All-Star Game at Enterprise Center on Saturday, the skills competition the day before that. They're going to have an alumni game at Centene Community Ice Center on Thursday night. It's a big week, and Chris Zimmerman will be along with us. That and a lot more. We are live from the Cardinals winter warm-up until 2 o'clock today, the Hyatt Regency at the Arch. I'm Tom Ackerman. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning. Huge contributions this morning and this afternoon from Sam Masterson, Ben Boyd, Mike Anderson, James O'Sullivan, Mike Claiborne alongside as well, and Joe Pott, Chris Raby, contributing interviews. We'll be back with more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.